welcome in to the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. <clears throat> Get the Happy On Hour. I'm your host, Ricky C. Simmons. Man, look at here. This is 93.7, the ticket. And we downtown Lincoln, man. It's done finally slacked up a little bit on the rain, so that's a good thing. You know, but uh, before we get our, our show started tonight, I just want to want to give a big shout-out to uh, Bob Haney and Kathy Haney of uh, Heavenly Waffles, man. They, uh, they showed a lot of love today over in Omaha. We went up and ate some waffles, so I want to say thank you for that. You know, good people. Good people are very rare. They're hard to find, but when you find them, it's probably be smart to try to hold on to them. Uh, we, as I've said so many times before, we live in a, my personal opinion, we live in a takedown society. Uh, <clears throat> we live in a RAT now society, not right, right now. Everybody want everything yesterday, but when you got good people in your life, it makes life a lot calmer. And, Speaking of good people, my guest tonight is a person that I put in that category. I told y'all I'd be hand-selecting my guests. Y'all know that, right? So this guy here, let me let me tell you a little something about him before I bring him on. Back when I first started speaking, Coach Osborne was still the AD at Nebraska, and he uh, sent out a memo to all the head coaches, you know, just suggesting that, you know, they give me an opportunity to come and speak to the teams. And the very first person to respond was my guest. And I've been grateful for that forever because to me, he didn't have to do it and he did it anyway. That's what I mean by good people. Dan, Ken Dig, how you doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, I'm glad that you you found time because I, I tried to get you on earlier, but you was going out the country or something. But that's okay. You're here now. That's all that matters. Dan, you know, a lot of people don't know, Dan, uh, that you was a former gymnastics coach. But we'll get to that a little later. I want to talk about the part that nobody knows, which is, like, where do, where are you from? Where would you grow up? Grew up in northern Kentucky. Northern. Covington, Fort, it was actually Fort Wright, but right outside Cincinnati, greater Cincinnati area. Okay, okay. Now, growing up in Kentucky – did you play any sports or anything? I got really involved in YMCA from seven years old on, all the way through. So I did a lot of swimming, gymnastics, mm-hmm. you know, things at the YMCA and was really involved in, in that program. So what's the name of this town again? It was Covington. Covington. And uh, we moved out to the suburbs of Fort Wright, but it's still greater Cincinnati. Okay. Okay. Now you said Kentucky. I'm thinking Cincinnati. There's a Cincinnati, Kentucky? No, it, Cincinnati, Ohio. Like the, yeah. the sports stadiums are about three miles from my house, right across the river, oh, right across the Ohio River. Okay, okay. Because yeah. when you said Cincinnati, I'm thinking Ohio, and you saying Kentucky. I'm like, wait a minute. And when you fly into Cincinnati, you actually fly into Kentucky. You don't fly into Ohio. <laughs> that, that's confusing. Yeah, it is. They had to make it the greater Cincinnati – Northern Kentucky Airport. Really? <laughs> because people really got confused. They get out of the airport, like, where are we? Yeah, because, I mean, you confused me right off the bat when I said, where are you from? You, yeah. said, you said Kentucky, and then I heard Cincinnati. I'm thinking, wait a minute, hold on, I missed something here. 
Okay, so growing up in this town, did you, uh, you said you played mostly YMCA stuff. Did you ever play any high school ball or anything? When I was in high school, the head football coach wanted me to go out, and uh, he just, he actually had me teaching his PE classes for him <laughs> uh, my junior, senior year, and wanted me to go out, but I just got busy with what I was doing down there. I was uh, coaching kids and working with kids and working with things, and mm-hmm. I liked what I was doing. Wow. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, after you uh, after you finished high school, what was the next move? University of Kentucky. Now, that ain't in Cincinnati, is it? No. <laughs> okay. That's Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to make sure I keep this straight. So you went to University of Kentucky. Uh, what did you do there? Well, I went down. Uh, they dropped the men's gymnastics team the year I went down. Okay. And so I wound up taking the gymnastics class that uh, the uh, coach was still teaching. And there were cheerleaders in it, and one thing led to another. So I wanted to cheer to Kentucky because I could tumble and do a lot of that. And, okay. uh, and then at the end of that, the gymnastics, the women's gymnastics team, they had a program down there, and there was only one coach, and she was allowed to hire another coach, and she asked me to be her assistant. Oh. And I literally told her no three times. Really? And, why, and it why, wasn't like I just – I just had a plan. When I went to school, I had a plan. And that wasn't my that plan, wasn't your but, plan. But you know what? It sure worked out great because yeah. I did say, I finally say yes. And over 40 years later, I was coaching college gymnastics for over 40 years. Wow. So you coached at Kentucky first? Two years at Kentucky. And then where? Then I came here to watch you play football for three years. Okay. I was here from 80 to 83 okay. as an assistant. Then I left for 10 years as a head coach other places. Okay. And then came back for over 25 years as head coach. Wow. Did y'all hear that? 25 <clears throat> years. Man, congratulations on that. And you're now currently retired? Retired and enjoying life. <laughs> <laughs> man, we're going to bring you out of retirement, man. We're not going to let you stay retired. Well, I stay busy. Okay. Um, I do travel a lot. I enjoy traveling. Okay. Try to play golf. Try to, you know, pickleball. I've been walking. Um, friend of mine, Dr. Larry Widman. Okay. Got me, uh, challenged me, you know, right after I retired, I wasn't doing much. <laughs> and, uh, then I went to, uh, Cancun and ran a meet down there. There was a gymnastics meet and they asked me to come down and be the meet director. And I'm not a guy that's going to lay on the beach all day, you know? So I, I get you. up, walk around town and stuff. So I just get like between 10 and 20,000 steps a day. Then I come back to home and not so much. Huh. Then he challenged me to go 10,000 for a week every day. Well, we're going to be it's coming up on five years in March every day for over 10,000 steps a day. So wow. I try to stay busy, try to stay doing things. During the gymnastics season, I have a lot of my former athletes and coaches who are coaching in the NCAA around the country. Yeah. And I go spend a week here, hang out, go spend a week okay. here. Okay. And so I keep my hands in it without actually being in it. Well, I, uh, before the show, we were, we were visiting and you said you've had a couple of athletes that got put in the Nebraska Hall of Fame. Is that, did I hear that right? The, not just the Purdue game we had, that was the Hall of Fame induction weekend. Uh-huh. And Emily Parsons got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And that's, that was the third, third athlete of mine that got inducted. Who were the, Hall the of first Fame. two? First one was Rochelle Simpson. Okay. And uh, she was former national all around champion, won floor exercise. The next one was Heather Brink. And she was a national all-around champion okay. and won the vault. And she's also our current, she was my assistant coach for years. 
and now she's the current head coach at the university. Oh, okay. Okay, so she's the head coach, gymnastics yes. coach now. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Now, when you go around the country to all these places you've been and, and the people that you have coached or had a part in their success, how do you uh, how do you feel when you see them kind of taking the torch or taking the baton and moving forward? Proud. And I always said, even when I was coaching here, that I was blessed to have great assistants, you okay. know? Yeah. Great coaches working for me, great coach, great athletes. You know, you... And it's not a one-man show, as you know, in right, this thing. Right. And so it's like, you know, if you're not blessed with good athletes and good coaches, it's going to be a struggle. And so I was blessed with good, surrounded myself with good people, and I think that that worked out just fine. And something else I wanted to bring up, too, is uh, the whole time you were coaching, you guys were always in the hunt. And if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were like, you was always like what, sixth or seventh in the country. I think we averaged between sixth and seventh in the country. Yeah. Wow. Uh, for twenty five years. For twenty five years. So. Dude, do you know that? Do you know? How, well, I'm sure you do, but that's tough. But that's you don't even do. realize it when you do this. And when they brought it up this year, this year's team is the 49th year mm -hmm. of Nebraska gymnastics. And I'm thinking to myself, I coached 25 and three as an assistant. I was here for over half of it. And it's kind wow. Of, kind of an honor to feel like I've been a part of that oh, much of the. The you history should. of this program. Yeah, you should. I mean, in the being a I'm just gonna say <laughs> top ten or better. Yes. For twenty five straight years. Come on, man. I mean, it's like where they do that at. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive, man. Yeah. So congratulations well, on that. I just wanna know, do you ever have the even though I know you're retired, I get it, but sometimes do you ever think you miss it? You know, I miss the relationships I have with the athletes and my staff. And, mm -hmm. and at the end, I really took a lot of pride in building the culture and the team chemistry of the program. Right. You know, when, you, when I was the first head coach, like 35 years, well, it'll be 40 years ago now, uh -huh. it was all about the W's and the L's. You know, yeah, you got to win, right. you got to win, you got to win. <laughs> and, and we, I even had a philosophy where I was at, first time as a head coach was a D2 school, but we competed against all the D1 schools. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, and we, we wound up beating most of those schools year in and year out, but it wasn't about the, the record. It was about having the best team. And our sport is about score and right. trying to get ranked and doing things. And we did a lot of great things at D2 school back in the, back in the East. And it was in Pennsylvania. And then, uh, then as you get into it, it's more about building the team culture and the chemistry. Cause mm -hmm. if, if you're not getting along, if your team doesn't get along and your team gets stressed, things fall apart. So you got problems. Yes. But if you if you can build that culture and that chemistry and and get that team to feel the way they need to feel, something happens, the next person could pick them up and we're just right on track. And it's um it's amazing how that works. And hmm. and it doesn't matter if you lose one girl from the team before, one athlete or bring in two or three, you know, and it doesn't make a big change. You can't do the same thing every year. Every team has a different need and you got to try to find out what their needs are to try to build that culture and that you, chemistry. I mean, I was just sitting there thinking about that. I mean, cause you got to deal with a lot of different personalities. People are coming from different parts of the country and, and world. We had Canadians, we had, you know, team, you know, people from different places, but California, the Midwest, you know, the East, yeah. the South, a little different. You got to bring them in and 
bring them together. Yeah, and that that's not easy because you know a lot of people, especially when they're first time away from home, you know you got to deal with the homesickness, you got to deal with the culture change. I mean, I I can vividly remember coming to Nebraska from Texas. I didn't understand a whole lot, you know, when I got here. And then a lot of the guys that was on the team with me, they were from New Jersey, California, you know. So it was always it was always a challenge. But somehow you're right. Once you get everybody on the same page, then think the magic starts to happen. See, I treated it like family. And it was like um, not just them. I didn't sign just that athlete. I signed the family. Gotcha. And we involved the parents and the families and, and they came to meets and some of those families still go on vacation together. And I was just at a wedding up in Michigan uh, last month and just all the parents getting together when I, you know, the one of my athletes got married and just being around all them is just fun, you know, yep. just to build that kind of a relationship. You know, and, and that's kind of rare too, because in today's society, a lot of times it's so individualized. You know, where once I, I'm done here, you know, to heck with it. But I will actually say this. Uh, I'm still friends with a lot of guys that I play college ball with. I mean, this is like all these many years later. We're still, we call each other on a daily basis. You know, it it tickles me every time I look at my phone and I see his Rozier, you know, because I, I know we finna laugh about something because he's, he plays more golf than anybody I know. You know, it's like, man, how do you play golf every? I mean, you're around. You're playing golf somewhere. So, I mean, it's just those little relationships like that. Well, and they wind up being your best friends. Oh, absolutely. for life. And it's like yeah. you get married. Who's in your wedding? Yeah, your friends, your right. your your classmates, your right. te- teammates, your. And um, no, it is a it is really special. And uh, I just feel like, um, you know, I still have that, you know, with those people, you know, right. it's your birthday. They reach out to you. It's Christmas. They reach out to you, you know, and it's, it's just fun being a part of them and they're, they're married now. They have children and it's just, you know, it's just great keeping up with people. You know, I like the fact that you, you said you incorporate the family. I mean, I think that's real important because man, sometimes when you get people away from home and they start missing family that, that can really change things for athletes well anybody but especially athletes and every sport's different but our sport you're the only one on that a piece of equipment it's just you you know yeah. so it's an individual and before they came to college the only way they moved from where they were to get to states to get to regionals to get to nationals is how they did themselves didn't matter what their teammates did then they come to college and become part of a college team and it's six people competed on an event and they count five scores, hmm. you know, so you count your, your top five scores. <clears throat> and so now you're, now you're building team. Team is important. It's not just what you do. What you do matters to everybody on the team. Right. And, it has an and just to build that in. And it's just, uh, and it's some, some people just jump right in and love that. Some don't understand that right away that my actions affect everybody. You know what I mean? And yeah. you just gotta, it, you just got to be patient, you know, and just be able to, um, you know. And that, that's what I was kind of curious about. Like, how did you go about doing that? Because every, like you say, every year you're bringing in different people and they got different needs. 
Exactly. So you got to be like, you got to almost be like a, a psychiatrist and a coach and well, a good friend. <laughs> yeah. And toward the end, I was blessed with a Dr. Larry Wood, but I was telling you about, he was our sports psychologist. Okay. Toward the end. And we would, we would come up with an idea and we go, what about this? You know, we go on away trips and you try to show a video, you're trying to do something, you're trying to, you know, you got them together. You got a captive audience. What about this? And then we bounce it off. And before long, that little idea became a great idea. Okay. And we, and we push gotcha. it in front of them. And just, it could be as great as it could be, but it won't work next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know I what I mean? mean? You got to come up with something different. Right. Or tweak it a little bit or do, the, you know, you just can't do the same thing. They want something fresh. They want something new. Well, I mean, I'm just sitting there thinking, you had to do that at least 25 times. <laughs> just at Nebraska. Absolutely. That's not counting the other places. But, Part of that happens when you recruit. You recruit and you let your the gymnasts know what you're looking for, what to expect when they get here so there's no surprises. That's a big step in the right direction. You know, the ones that recruit them just to get them there and then show them a different side of yourself, Yeah. you know, no wonder there's a lot of uh, people that are discouraged. But you try to get them in, try to explain what you're what you're trying to build, what you're trying to do what kind of roles that they would probably be playing for the team. You don't promise them anything, but if you work hard, you know, just that whole thing and you just bring in the right people. And, and in recruiting, if you see a red flag, maybe that kid's not right for your program. Right. Right. And sometimes those red flags don't show up in recruiting. So you might yeah. figure that red flag out after the fact. Yes. <laughs> yes, man. You know, Dan, I, I, I just don't know how to say this in a, in a nicer way, but, I just, I admire the fact that you were able to do what you do for so long. Uh, Coach Osborne, you know, he did it for a long time. And he had a lot of the same challenges. Because I can, I mean, and I can't speak for Coach Osborne, but I know he has some unique personalities that he had to deal with. Well, and look what he wound up doing. You know, knowing and recognizing a lot of the athletes that he had come in came in with single parent families. Right. To be able to him and his wife start this, you know, teammates. Right. And and he's still doing it today at at you know, his age. Yeah, I think he's eighty seven. And, and uh and just I don't know, he just that people thing, you know what I mean? And just making a difference in, in these kids' lives. Well, you know, Coach Osborne uh I always joke him when I see him. I, you know, I'd be like, say, young man, you just need to take a little time off. You seem like you, you're getting harder and harder to catch. And he just smiles because I think that's just who he is. You know, I mean, sitting back and watching TV or whatever, I don't think that's him. I mean, well, I think about as good as it's going to get for him is fishing. Exactly. I, I know he loves to fish, but I don't even know if he has time to do that very much now. So, yeah. And he's always going. But that's probably what keeps him going. Correct. And I think that's smart, too, because, you know, a lot of times uh, I've heard stories where people say, oh, I'm going to retire. You know, I'm going to fish. I'm going to do this. And sometimes when they retire and start doing any, not doing anything, I think it works against them. Sometimes they don't even live long enough to collect their first retirement check. Right. You know, so I think it's real important that Coach Osborne continues being as active as he can. 
And I think the same about you. I think you should keep doing whatever it is that makes you happy because the last time I checked, you get one life. And it, and it don't come with a do-over. <laughs> I'm trying to live it the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you keep running around visiting people, you know, that you had a, an impact in their life. And I, I admire that because I think it keeps you young as well. And I love traveling. I've been, uh, I mean, traveled a lot this year. Yeah, because I think I reached out to you in the summer. You were going somewhere. Where did you go? Well, I'm not sure when you reached out. But it was around, I think it was August, I want to say. August, we did a uh, British Isles cruise. And so we actually flew over into London, went straight to Liverpool, hung out with the Beatles, that whole Beatle thing. <laughs> yeah. Didn't hang out with the Beatles. That was yeah. really been cool. <laughs> but, um, you know, just where they lived and grew up, and we saw where each of the four of them grew up. Yeah. And uh, really enjoyed that and went back to London, saw all there was to see in London. And then went down to uh, Southampton, got on a cruise ship, went all the way around the, Br the British Isles, even stopped at uh, Normandy Beach, which was really enlightening. And, I mean, unbelievable to go to that cemetery. And, I mean, think about that. That was back in the 40s. Right. And it's still a very kind of a somber kind of a, I mean, that cemetery is really well kept up and, and the museum there. And I didn't realize Omaha Beach was seven miles long. You know, you see movies and you just see a little snippet, right? But yeah, yeah. Omaha Beach is a long beach. And you think <laughs> wow. of what they did and how they came in and, in the engineering that they did at that time to bring the troops in and do what they did and win WW2, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, big shout out to everybody that serves. I mean, yes. that's a that's a sacrifice that um, I don't really think gets enough credit. And um, this is what I'm, what I'm about to say is my personal opinion. I just personally think that like the veterans, there should, there should be more support for them. Amen. And I feel like, um, and I'm sad that my dad was a WW2 vet. Yeah, so was mine. He, yeah. he marched Normandy beach. Wow. Okay. Um, he was in the third wave, thank God, or I might not have been here, <laughs> but, um, but still was part of that. Yes. And they never talked about it. that. That generation did not talk about that. Yeah. And I regret not asking because I think if we'd asked direct questions, yeah. I'd have got direct answers. But they never talked about it. it. wasn't like we were, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, they didn't. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like a, a. They. It was a quiet confidence yeah. that they seemed to carry because my dad was a World War II vet as, as well, and he, he never talked about no. the military. It was a responsibility. They did it. And yeah. It went on. Moved yeah. on. And he moved on with his life and became, a, you know, like a teacher and right. and and they just, they just kind of let let things be done. You know, they know what they did. Right. But they didn't feel the need to beat their chest. I agree with that. But you know what? I'm going to beat my beat their my chest for them because <laughs> I think they deserve a lot of credit, man, because a lot of people don't wouldn't make that sacrifice. So, and it's neat just reading the history of everything that went on, you know, years in you know WW1 and we just had Veterans Day which started back at the end of WW1. Right, right. As Armistice Day. Now it's Veterans Day for all veterans and yeah. I and just it's think, really cool going to the football games during that time of year when, yeah, they when really acknowledges. Yes. Hey, well, look, don't go nowhere. We're going to take a quick break here on 93.7. The ticket was to get you happy on hour. We'll be right back with Dan Kendi.
to the Get Your Happy on Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. What? We back to get the happy on hour on 93.7 The Ticket. Hey, uh, Austin. Ricky. Man, anybody done tuned in? Three. Three? We man. got Brad. Brad. Brad Scott Taylor, Ernest Taylor Jr., Greenville, Texas, re- currently living in Forney, Nebraska. I mean, Forney, Texas. I almost put you in Nebraska, <laughs> boy. Hey, look, that's my little brother, Scott, man. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. We got Brett. Brett. That's my other brother. He in outside Tulsa, Oklahoma. Man, y'all making me feel special here, man. I appreciate you, Brett. Keep doing what you're doing. Just know I'm proud of you. One and only Odious Lee. What? Big brother. Man, I think we ate all the heavenly waffles that we could eat today because I'm still full, big brother. I want to say thank you for meeting me to have heavenly waffles today, man. That means a lot to me, and I want you to travel safe, man, when you go over the holidays, man. So I want to get a text or something let me know you're okay. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hey, back to you, Dan. I want to ask you a quick question, man. Now, you shared quite a bit of information with us on all the things you've done. I want to talk about what you're currently doing that nobody knows you're doing. And what, what have you been doing since retirement? I mean, travel wise. Well, I've been doing a lot of travel. <laughs> well, let me hear you know, it. It's, it's one of those things that you work all those years and, and it's something you want to do when you retire. And, uh, I've been very blessed with being able to do that. And this year I spent, uh, most of January down in Australia, New Zealand, Wow. Okay. And uh, what a great place to go. And it would have been great to even stay longer. <laughs> but uh, went down and then came back from that. And gymnastics season started. So I went to gymnastics meets here at Nebraska, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, North Carolina. I went around to where I was mentioned earlier, where a lot of my athletes and coaches are coaching and, and got to spend time with them and enjoy that. And then uh, went to nationals in April, did a Mediterranean cruise after that. Did a mission trip in Latvia and uh, headed to the Caribbean here in, in about a week. Now, tell me about this trip. You say you did a mission trip. What was that about? My brother's church in Kentucky, uh, a lot of them got together. It's the vineyard, and they went over to repurpose a building to become a church. And not just a church, but a whole, you know, like learning center kind of thing. And so we went over and spent uh, a little over a week trying to get it ready for them. Wow, okay. So when you're in those type places, man, are those places really developed? I mean, I, I've i never been out to places like that, so that's why I'm asking. I'm just kind of curious. It but, was it was out there, but, you know, the, everyone's got, you know, they all have cities. You know, it just depends on how far away from the cities you get. And we were a little bit further away from the city there, but, uh, you know, the people were everywhere we've been, everywhere I've been, people have been very friendly. Well, you know, I, when I say it, I have never been. It's like when I see, let's just say, stories on TV about the people going on missions, they're always in these very undeveloped locations. And I was just curious because, see, I mean, and I'm not meaning to be mean or negative. It's just I like taking showers, and you know. <laughs> right. I like, you know, the, the modern. Uh, we we were able to do that at this place. They had, uh, in fact, while we were there, we were building. Some of the ones we had with us were plumbers, and we actually put the showers in. So oh, okay. that worked out really well. <laughs> okay. But they had built these bunks way before we, you know, like a week or so before they got there, and they were they were well built. Built, you know, I mean, okay. sleeping was great, and um, 
you know, it was just, it was fun doing something for somebody and it was hard work, but when you're with a group like that, right, it's so much easier and so much more fun. Yeah. Like I said, when they show you these type of things on television, I don't think you really get the real picture as you would as if you were there, like you've been there. Right. So that's why I asked, I mean, I just curious to know what it's like. I mean, even some of the trips we've went to, like, um, we did a cruise in Dubai right after I retired. Okay. And it was right before COVID. So it was oh, kind of a, yeah. one of those things. And on the trip, we were supposed to stop at Bahrain. And they were like, it's not safe to go there. So we, you know, went on somewhere else. Okay. So I always feel safe when I travel because when you're with these groups like this, they, they look out for things like that. And I mean, probably my favorite trip ever was back to the Holy Land. Okay. We flew into... Um, uh, Cairo okay. and saw the pyramids and everything went across the Sinai desert really okay. actually climb Mount Sinai at 1 30 in the morning so we're up there when the sun comes up on the top wow and uh so you're cold it's cold but when the sun comes up you're in the desert <laughs> so it sure does change but uh and it went into uh Jordan and saw Petra and it went over into Israel and saw we saw all of Israel and it especially like Jerusalem and Bethlehem and Tel Aviv. How, how, how is that, man? Is un- that- it's unbelievable. I mean, it's to me, that trip was life-changing in the sense that, you know, you go to church and you listen to scripture and you go, I was there. You know, yeah. it was where yeah. they're talking about. I was there. I saw that, you know. And, yeah. and, I mean, it's really, I mean, and Israel is one of our, I mean, I know they're having issues right now, but right. that's they're one of our biggest allies. And, uh safe safe as can be well see that's the whole point like i said when you're a person like myself that haven't traveled like that then you you know which i don't do a lot of but every now and then i turn the tv on Mm -hmm. and unfortunately the tv shows me the other side it doesn't show me the the positive side you know like you said it shows the controversy it shows the adversity but, a lot of these trips were on a cruise ship, so it's a little nicer on a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would never leave a cruise ship. But you know, see, and that's what's really nice about those that kind of traveling. You know, I mean, we did Machu Picchu, but you can't do a cruise ship there. You know, you, you're in the middle of Peru, and then you're in Bolivia, went to Lake Titicaca, and then did other things. So you're hotel to hotel to hotel. The nice thing about a cruise is you check in, you're in your room, yeah. you have dinner. You take off, you wake up, you're in a new country or a new city or a new somewhere, you get out, explore that for the day, get back in, do the yeah, same thing. Yeah. And so you get to see a lot. I got and you. don't have to keep moving. Well, I have a I have a uh, a friend from my high school, uh, her name is Carla. Carla Thomas. She man, she's I think she's in Germany now and she's in the military. Man, Carla gets these nine month, you know, assignments and, and she's everywhere. I can't keep up with Carla. I just watch Facebook to see where she's at next. I mean, she travels a lot. So I think that's really nice. I just personally never did it, you know, and I'm not knocking it. I just never done it. So it's like I'm curious because a lot of places people don't like you, you know, for whatever reason. True. And I don't want to be where I ain't like, you know, I go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. So I'm very careful where I go, but. I just see, I'm listening to all these places you've been, and I can't even imagine what that's like. But you, apparently you've done well because you're back. I'm still here. here. (laughs) 
You know, and the thing is, I've been to six of the seven continents. So now, what I got to do? I have to go to Antarctica at some point. Hey, man. Got to go see it. There's okay. not a lot of trouble down there except cold. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that, that's enough trouble right there. I mean, you want cold, just come to Nebraska. That's true. <laughs> I've seen more cold here than I, I, I than I can handle. But you know what? It wouldn't surprise me that you'll go there and be fine. I don't think the penguins will be that. <laughs> so the penguins going to attack you. Huh? I get off. I see a couple of emperor penguins. I'm ready to get back on the chair. <laughs> oh, man. So you said you're getting ready to take another trip here soon, huh? We're going down. It's This one's family, so this will be really fun. Uh, we're just going down. We're going to go to... I think it's a seven-day trip around the Caribbean. We're just going to go to several different islands. And okay. We did this two years ago and wanted to go to Trinidad Tobago. It was the main reasons we wanted to go. And because of COVID, still, two years ago, Trinidad Tobago didn't let you land. Uh, and so gotcha. we're going back. Rather than just go to Trinidad Tobago, that was a little more expensive than doing the whole cruise again. So we're doing the cruise again. Okay, okay. Well, all I'm going to say is, man, be safe. <laughs> and make good choices like you've been. Yeah. And uh, and you're with good people. And like I say, the ship knows where to go and where not to go. And, and it's been fun. And there's a lot of it. Everywhere you stop, there's excursions you can sign up for. So you don't have to go to the same place. You know, everybody can go different places. Right, and see right. Different things and whatever your interests are. And it's fun. So when you get back from this trip, what's next? Or have you got that far yet? We're Planning some things for next year yet already. <laughs> one of them is just the national parks in Utah. There's five main okay. national parks. There's one right outside of Utah. So that would make six. And we're wanting to do that. So that will be fun. Okay. Uh, we're planning on doing a cruise in, um, like, it'll start in Chivitavecchia. And then go through, like, uh, Greece and Turkey and we'll see Ephesus and a lot of places, you know, that were part of the Bible, too. Right. And so that will be fun. And um, we want to do Norway. I mean, there's a lot of places. We have a lot of things on our bucket list yet. So okay. We well, haven't seen it all. Okay. Well, I it's mean. It's a big world out there. Well, you're in, you seem to be in good health, so that's a good start to doing all these things. True. Yeah. I want you to I want you to know, man, again, I, I just, I'm in awe of all the stuff that you're doing since retirement. Because, like you said, I mean, I said earlier, a lot of people retire, man, and they don't get an opportunity really to enjoy it. It's like they work their stuff into the ground. My only regret is my uh, my golf game had got any better. Oh man, well you got to get in line with that one now. Now I <laughs> I'm, I think I, de- I I leave more golf balls on every course I go on than anybody I I ever play with. Uh, but what I have done is I I I, I play with Red Callaways. And I take a Sharpie, and I put hashtag number seven on them. So that when you find one, it's a souvenir. Because I don't hunt. I carry a bag full of them, but I don't hunt balls. I mean, the minute I tee off and it goes way left or way right, it becomes a donation. All right. So that's my mindset. So don't worry. If you ever want to play golf, you need to play with me. Because I'll make you look good. Well, I just enjoy playing. And it's got to the point where... You know, you're competitive. You got, you're competitive. Yeah, but right. it's like, if you don't play regularly, it's hard to have a high expectation. Oh, yeah. So I just go out and have fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I play golf with a lot of different people. <clears throat> the only ones I don't like playing with are the ones that are super competitive. 
because one thing about me, I'm not throwing my clubs, okay? I mean, it ain't the club fault that my ball went into the rough. <laughs> I know it's a why, user error. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know why that ball is in the rough. That's why I got a bag full of red Callaways. Yep. Let's just grab another ball and keep playing. But you know, but one thing I like about golf is it's a it's a very relaxing game for me. You know, but I will admit that I'm a fair weather golfer. I'm not going to be out there in no storm. I'm not going to be out there when it's thirty below. I mean, no, I play when the weather is perfect. It's fun being out there with friends. Oh yeah, I get my steps in. It's a win-win. Well, see, you 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 beat me on the steps because I'm in a cart. <laughs> I I ride a cart, but I usually in the passenger side. So I'll go. I got my clubs. I'll meet you at the hole. You oh, know? so yeah, I get yeah, my yeah. steps in yeah, too. I got you. I got you. Yeah, but I, I I think golf's a very you know a lot of people don't understand golf. You know, and they think it's kind of boring. But I actually like it. You know, it's a it's relaxing to me. You know, I agree. I've played quite a few courses here in Nebraska. I play in these, uh, like fundraiser golf right. tournaments and all down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I play in one here for Coach Osborne and teammates every year. They have one at Wild Horse. Okay. Boy, they got some roughs out there. I know I got, if I go out there and just, if I had the courage to go search, I wouldn't have to carry any balls because I done left a plenty of them already out there. I mean, but I love the game, and I look forward to every opportunity I get to play. And those foursomes are fun because oh, best yeah. ball, you don't you – Yeah, know, scrambles. You don't, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I play scrambles, man. Yeah. I, I love playing scrambles fun. because that way, you know, you're right, best ball. You know, I don't I, – I don't think they're going to be inviting me to get a green jacket or nothing. You know, I, I'm not under no illusions like that. You? Yeah, I ain't going to be in Augusta or nothing, so <laughs> – I'd like to go down one day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd like to go and watch, but that's about as good as it yeah. would get for me because if I got out there, man, first of all, they're going to have to repair the golf course with all the, <laughs> all the damage I'm going to do with those clubs. So, But no, I, uh, I, I think it's really important that everybody try to find some time to enjoy life. And that seems like what you're doing. You know, you, you've done what you had to do so you can do what you want to do. And I respect that, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, so you just keep doing what you're doing, and we're going to keep on having fun. But, you know, before we go to break, I'm going to say this. I'm proud of you. Just remember I said that. Thanks, Hey, we're going to take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be right back on 93.7. The ticket is to get you happy on hour. Get your happy on hour featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Hey, we back. Man, look here. Oh, anybody else checked in, man? We got Mary Ellen's food for the soul checking in. What? Shaw, hey, man. Proud of you, dude. And I know you got your hands full because I was out there with you earlier tonight. You're going to have to be cooking all night tonight because you're going to feed the whole Husker football program Thanksgiving. Man, that's big. I just want you to know I'm proud of you and keep doing big things. You know, uh, we're getting ready to wrap up here in a few minutes, but I always, you said something during the break about kindness. 
Could you repeat that for people on there? You said, what? how much does it cost? Doesn't cost anything to be kind. Man, he, that statement right there just went all the way through me because I agree with that 100%. Being a good person, being kind, it's kind of like my PMA, short for positive mental attitude. Treat people the way you want to be treated, but do not expect it in return because that's where you get the disappointment. But being kind and being a good person doesn't cost you much, man. Now you uh you've been doing all this traveling and you, you do a lot of helping a lot of people and you, you, you say you don't charge people? Most of the time you just do it as a as being kind. Just you know, people help me get to where I got to and uh, you know, just paying help other for- people to get to where they want to get to. Paying it forward. Yeah. You know, the world needs more of that. Uh, I I talk about it all the time, but I do that on purpose. I talk about it because I want people to understand that being kind doesn't cost. A positive mental attitude, it doesn't cost. You can do these things for free. It's just a matter of you making your mind up to want to do that. And for some reason... That seems to be very difficult for a lot of people. And I'm just trying to change that. And I'm on a mission to try to make this world a better place than the one I found. Because I think it's important that we all try to lift each other up, man. Because Satan's busy. And uh, I think he got a gym membership the other day at Planet Fitness or something. He's trying to lift the weights or something. I don't know what he's doing. But the fella don't never stop. So, with that being said, I was just being funny. But with that being said, I just think it's really important that everybody put a little effort into being positive. You know, uh, Dan, I got to thank you again, man, for taking time out to come do the show because you're a busy man. And matter of fact, I think you got more busier after you retired than you did. (laughs) But it's, you know, what's fun about it is you get to do what you want, when you want, as long as you want, yeah. however you want, you know, and it's, but it is fun and you got to stay busy. You know, I mean, like during COVID, I, you know, I've been walking, I was, I was telling you, if I didn't do that during COVID, who knows what I'd look like right now. I know people gained a lot of weight over COVID oh, doing yeah. nothing, but uh, you just got to stay active, got to stay doing something and, um, you know, got to wake up, got to wake up for something every day. I agree with that. You know, and um, I like that concept of you worked all those years. You did what you had to do so you could do what you want to do. I like that. I think that's smart. And staying active. And Coach Osborne, if you're hearing us right now, you keep staying active too. You're getting harder and harder for me to catch. But you know what? You can run, but you can't hide. I'm going to keep looking for you. I just want you to know that, Coach. That's just a shout-out to Coach Osborne, man. Great man. Good people. Very, very. Yeah, good people. You know, and I always try to, I got to ask you one last question before we get out of here. With all the stuff you got going on, when you do get a little bit of downtime where there's really nothing you have to do, how do you get your happy on? Just being able to spend quality time with family and friends. You know, just being able to out, whether it's just go out and have a meal, go out do this, just go out and play around the golf with somebody. Mm-hmm. Just being with family and friends. I think that's a great idea because sometimes, you know, those things are are usually after the fact you realize that. So 
I will say this, man. Again, thank you. And I want to say I really appreciate the journey you're on now, too, with your mission. Well, thank you. Well, you know me. I wrap up all my shows the same way. I love to be happy, and that's why the show is called To Get You Happy on Hour. I want y'all to know that every day that you bless the sea is just another day in paradise. And no matter what, you got to get your happy on. Well, let's all get happy. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. I'll see y'all next Sunday.